Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of Guys Who Law. I'm Jesse. I'm Andrew. And we thank you for joining us. We have a very big topic to get to. But before we get into the main story of the day, we have to talk to you about something. This episode is sponsored by Dan Abrams' new book, Theodore Roosevelt, For the Defense, The Courtroom Battle to Save His Legacy. Now, Andrew, I read Dan's other book about Lincoln's last trial, and if it's anything like that, I'm really excited to read this. Yeah, this is his second book following a a, tri- a famous trial, mm-hmm. um, and they have the transcript. So if you read the book, you'll see parts of that transcript, and you know any history buffs out there, anybody who lo- loves presidencies or a historical read, this is for you. What I liked about it, the f- the first book, and I'm hoping this one's like it too. It's a very easy read. It kind of felt like a thriller in a way. It didn't. Feel, sometimes you read like historical fiction, like oh, you get bogged down. Not this. It kind of. I was. I was in Lincoln's lap. Well, I, that sounds I, weird. I but actually, you know where I'm going with this. I actually like books with transcripts because, like, the dialogue in a book is always the most like interesting part isn't it yeah. i was thinking about that the other day you don't like all the background and stuff i just want to see what the dialogue is i, I read uh, a lot of books by this famous author famous thriller writer and there's so many descriptions about what the woods look like yeah, and nobody the trees. cares i'm like get into the dialogue <laughs> anyway yeah it's theodore roosevelt for the defense the courtroom battle to save his legacy pick it up all right we have a very important topic to talk about right now if you've uh, turned on the news if you opened up your computer You've probably seen for the past week and a half, there has been a lot of discussion about new abortion legislation hitting the country, in particular in southern states. We want to address what's happening, what the implications are, and what this all means, because this is a really important topic. Now, Andrew and I get it. You know, we're two guys talking about abortion, not the ideal uh, commentators for this. Definitely not. Who are we to talk about this? But we are going to focus it on a legal avenue, because there is a lot of law to this. But we also wanted to get a different perspective. We wanted to bring in somebody who's a very special guest and who's not a, not a lawyer and can give a common sense, real approach to this. So we're taking her from our sister net, our sister site, the Mary Sue. Princess Weeks is here. She's an assistant editor at the Mary Sue. And if, just to let you know, the Mary Sue is our sister site to Law and Crime. It's a feminist pop culture site. They talk about all different things in entertainment and the news. So Princess, welcome to Guys Who Law. Thanks, law dudes. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> Do you, law, wow, that, that was, we should have maybe we should have went with that. Law dudes. Yeah. You know, we spent a good, like a solid thirty minutes thinking about our name. Yeah, of our I don't show. think law dudes came up though. But yeah. we did. Uh, what legal, was it? Legal boys. Legal boys. Legal boys. Mm. Sound, we liked it. Also, sounded a little questionable. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know why. And it was trademarked too. I think. Yeah. Well, you know, Could legal boys doesn't sound what people might be looking for. Right. Anyway, Princess, thanks for coming on. Thanks, you guys, so much for having me. This is a really important topic, and I think that with all the law we do, kind of need some common sense for like the lay people to understand the, the humanity behind these things. There's a lot of panic going on. A lot of people have questions. And just to start from the beginning, so there have been several states who have been implementing legislation against abortion. I've counted about 300 bills that have been introduced to try to outlaw this practice. Now, Alabama has come forward. Uh, with the most restrictive idea of legislation. It hasn't officially been passed. It's gone through the—it hasn't even gone through the Senate. It hasn't been governed. It hasn't been sent to the governor yet. But Alabama is actually planning on banning all abortion by making it punishable 
uh, up to 99 years in prison. What they say is that abortion is banned once the fetus is in utero, which basically means once it's in the womb. That's the most serious case. We've seen other ones like states, and this is what we're really going to be focusing on. Iowa, North Dakota, Ohio, Mississippi, Kentucky, and what we're really going to focus on is, of course, Georgia. They have put in legislation that would ban abortions after six weeks. That's the big point that we're going to be talking about. And just to let you know, Georgia's fresh. It just got signed. Um, Mississippi, Kentucky, they are facing those laws have been blocked by a federal judge. North Dakota and Iowa were struck down. Um Planned Parenthood says they're going to fight this Georgia law, and that's where we want to start about this. Yeah, case. And, and the one other big part of the Georgia law is that the fetus that after six weeks is now considered a fully a full a human being, right? And has the same rights as a human being. So let's start from there. They, the way that Georgia has made this different is they have redefined what personhood is. They are saying that at six weeks there is a heartbeat. They're saying that heartbeat suggests that this is uh, human life, that this is a viable uh, fetus, and they've redefined it. They said that fetus actually deserves constitutional rights, the 14th Amendment due process rights to life, liberty, um, and that's big thing. So, Princess, I just want to start with you. Not a legal perspective, what do you think about the idea of a human life starting at six weeks? Well, just the science behind it is so shaky. Like, we know that this heartbeat, quote-unquote, they're referring to is really just the cluster of cells making a sort of vibration showing that it could be a viable pre- a vi- viable pregnancy, which they are using a completely different terminology than a doctor would. And so many women do not know within the first six weeks if they are pregnant. Like, menstruation is a very complicated thing. Yeah, it I, is I, not... I, no, no, and I know we have to talk about this, yeah. so I don't want to get... But, like, realistically, it's, when's the earliest a woman could find out that she's pregnant? It's usually within the first two missed periods. So, like, two months in is usually when a woman would probably be like, something is kind of off. Like one missed period can happen if there's stress and other things going on with the body. Two months is when you would start to be kind of shaky and be like, okay, maybe I'll check. But there's also fear. You know, it's not just an instant scientific reaction. It's like, I don't know. Maybe it's just this. There's a lot of denial going on. So that means it's possible that by the time a woman figures out that they're pregnant, that they could no longer be an abortion can no longer be an option for them. Exactly. And that could be in the case of rape, too, that they don't realize for the first two months that they're pregnant, and then it's too late to get an abortion at that point. Well, this law does make an exception to rape and incest. We'll talk about that in a minute. I just want to focus more on this idea, just so I understand it exactly. Has there ever been a situation where somebody, you know, know, has sex, and then they test— I don't know, a week later because they're nervous or two weeks later. I mean, it doesn't work like that. No, a pregnancy test would not be able to know a week after you have sex if you were pregnant. What about the five-week mark? Five-week mark, it can, depending on the test, there are some early detection ones, but it's still not, it will not give you conclusive evidence. If you go to a doctor, they'll tell you to wait longer for a proper test. So even if you went to a physician to say, I had sex three weeks ago, can you test me? They're like, I couldn't be able to tell you anything right now. In other words, it doesn't even make sense. It's from a practical point of view. And wouldn't you need, you said multiple visits. That's expensive. Don't you have to save up money to go to these visits and also to get an abortion as well? So the time frame wouldn't even make sense. Exactly. Like it really puts all the otis on the woman to like just either not have sex at all or just be on the guard from the moment of of copulation so to speak like from that moment I was like okay better like get my head in the game because I could be pregnant 
There was there was something in Wired magazine. And I just want to read it right now about what happens at six weeks. You said it's this tiny grouping of cells. It's not quite a heartbeat because there's no heart that's formed. There's no. Um, uh, let me read this to you. At six weeks, the embryo is forming what will eventually develop into mature systems. There's an immature neurological system, and there's a very immature cardiovascular system. This is from Jennifer Kern. She's an OBGYN at UC San Francisco and also the director of research in obstetric. Uh, you know what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> she said the rhythm um, that you might see it's really a group of cells with electrical activity. That's what the heartbeat is at this stage of gestation. We are in no way talking about any kind of cardiovascular system. So are we asking really what is a heart? If, I mean, if this is a beating, this is a beating for not a heart, a human heart, but a beating to signify what I've always understood it to mean that pregnancy is on the right track that you're going in the right direction. That's what I think physicians have been saying. Their term of what viability means is very different than what the law is saying. The law is saying viability means that that's when human life begins. They're just saying, no, that's when you're on the right track to pregnancy. Right, I mean, I think regardless of when the heartbeat begins or when life, quote unquote, begins, there the legislature would have found a way to create a, a shorter uh, time period that you can have abortions. Like they see the changes that have that have happened currently in the Supreme Court, and now a lot of states, conservative states, that think it's their opportunity to overturn Roe versus Wade and 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 put in place laws that are either ban abortion entirely for the most part or make it way more restrictive. Are you, sorry, I'm just curious. Are you saying because this is what I think yeah. they really know what the definition of a heartbeat is? They know that this doesn't make sense, and they're just saying it anyway. Yes. Do you think that? I absolutely, <laughs> and I just think fundamentally they're not con concerned with life; they're concerned with birth, and those are two different things when we're talking about the enormity of what it means to raise a child because we're not also talking about you have this baby plus you get universal pre-k and health care and since we're talking about they want to give legality to these fetuses so what about child support can you start paying child support the moment the the stick says that you're pregnant I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned that the other unintended intended consequence of this and they're already talking about it, that right. is if you define this fetus as a human being then they are illegally a human there's a bunch of different considerations to think about you know the first one the first one was taxes right so you for if you have a, ch a child that, that that's a human <laughs> you technically what, what else would it be an animal i don't know you you, you technically wait andrew do we need to do an elementary school lesson I, right i'm now? just trying to be you know legally correct he's here. making his opinions about children yeah. clear yeah <laughs> this isn't game of thrones where a shadow baby comes out you never know uh. so so you you get an exemption on your taxes and they said that the Georgia government specifically would lose out on like 10 or $20 million worth of taxes but by this new law. They don't care. Yeah, they don't they care. Don't care. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's one, they don't even care about that. The idea of fighting this, this is the big thing too, yeah. and we'll get, get into it more. The idea that they purposely know this is illegal and unconstitutional, but they're fighting it because they want it to go up to Roe v. Wade. Yeah, so what, so what that, they're so what, wasting all this money. And what that means too is this, the Georgia law specifically is supposed to go into effect January of 2020. But the chances of that actually happening are extremely low. It's going to be challenged. All other laws that have been similar to this have have not gone through and have been challenged. But you know, we'll see with the new structure of the Supreme Court if there are any changes. Um, but 
usually how they evaluate these things in the Supreme Court is based on precedent. But as most, as you've probably seen, there are certain times where precedent is overthrown. We're, we're going to get to the yeah. Supreme Court and all that. I want to still go back and focus on this idea of this fetus being a human being. So now you have a human being inside of you. One of the other things to think about is let's say you are the mother and you are arrested and you are convicted and you're put in prison you are this fetus is now in prison and this fetus never got due process yeah no am i no, wrong it's true and also it's already very difficult for pregnant women who want their children to be pregnant in jail those facilities often do not give there are cases of women not getting enough nutrients to to you know feed these children that like to like as they're nourishing their bodies like there is no care set in for these other humans that would be potentially being arrested and also if something were to happen to the woman, like say there was like a miscarriage, what is that now going to be considered? Like what if something happens where like it's induced by like tension or stress? Like if you're stressed at work and you have a miscarriage, can you now sue your office for that kind of thing? Like putting personhood on a fetus carries all of this extra legal weight that I don't think they A, care about or B, are considering because it really is about removing the choice of it being something that you can do. Let's say you're an undocumented uh, woman who's in the United States and you, you're pregnant. You know, you get pregnant while you're in the United States. That baby is a... Uh, An illegal immigrant? No, that baby is a U.S. citizen born... Oh, uh, the, uh, yeah. So, so technically... It's a, dream, it's, a dream, it's a dreamer. Can the baby... <laughs> can the mother stay because the baby is a lot? You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the rule there? Is that baby a U.S. citizen or not? Should ask Ann Coulter that question. Well, <laughs> the, the reason we're bringing this up is because you can't cherry pick it. If you mm -hmm. want to call this fetus a human being, then that's fine. But then there's other consequences to it that they might not but they're, but uh, they're, be they're, thinking about. I think, I think they're trying to make it go both ways. Like there might be certain benefits that the the human being might the baby might get the, get might get now, such as like the tax exemptions, et cetera. But in terms of like if a mother uh, um, performs an abortion herself, she cannot, under the current law, be prosecuted criminally. Only the doctor can. Yeah, so what you're saying So it's not being treated like a human in the literal sense because if, if the baby was being treated like a human and you performed an abortion on herself, that would be murder. Let, 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 let's yeah. make it very clear. This yeah. Georgia law, yes, it's a law. If you break the law, there are penalties. Yeah. But really, the penalties are designed against the doctors, not so much the women. It's right. the same thing we see in Alabama. They said there's no idea, no intention to prosecute the women. It's all the doctors that perform these uh, illegal abortions. Uh, I believe in Georgia, if you are a doctor, if this law does get passed and it is followed, and if a, if a doctor does perform this illegal abortion, they might get 10 years in prison for mm. breaking this law. Right. There was an, the, the biggest thing that everybody's been wondering, and there's been a lot of false reporting too, fake news. There's been a lot of false reporting that women will be facing life in prison for murder and that they're never going to, uh, you know, 30 years in prison, that this is a murder. Or they, they, tra they travel across state lines and get an abortion in another state that they'd face up to 10 years in prison. Conspiracy for conspiracy, murder. Conspiracy, yeah. I, I think that's jumping the gun a little bit, even based upon what I've read from the people who've enacted this law. They said we have no intention to do that. This is, but what they are doing, even if they're not technically punishing these women by the criminal justice system, they are punishing them by punishing the doctors. Because then, Princess, think about this. Mm -hmm. If this law were to go into effect, now you are uh, six weeks pregnant, you want to get an abortion, what are you going to do? First, A, would you go to an, uh, another state? 
I mean, it depends. I mean, if we look at the statistics, not because no doctor, no doctor's going to do it for you in Georgia. They're not going to risk prison time. They're not going to risk losing their license. Well, and I think just to like not to make this long winded, but to consider that most women who have abortions are in a low income range, it's already going to be hard for them to get it in their state where it's limited. If they have to go out of state, that includes travel, that includes losing time off work, and it also includes having the pregnancy happen for longer. This means that their pregnancy is going on for a longer period of time uh, when they do not want it to be. You leave state, what's your family and friends going to think? Ex so then you're telling them you're pregnant too. Exactly. And if you're trying to do it quietly, there really is no recourse to doing so. If, if I wanted to get an abortion in New York City, I just simply could. And right. if I wanted to have good birth control, which is another element of this as well, I simply could. The, the, the inability for many women in these places to A, receive birth control mm -hmm. is part of an, an underlying issue that bills like this never really want to touch on because they don't want you to have sex, period. But also just the whole fact that like there are ways, if you truly want to limit abortion someplace, to do so without a touching abortion. And, and that's the thing that really just heats me up when I talk about this subject matter. Y you know, you mentioned the doctors being penalized for this. Like, you realize that doctors can't even administer the death penalty because doctors have an oath to do no harm. Sure. So if they are not able to legally, like, through their ethics, do the death penalty, clearly there is some kind of medical consistency about, um, you know, performing an abortion. But these things are not being considered because it's not a it, it truly is not about, in my mind, the sanctity of life from like the political perspective It is about controlling who gets to make the decision about what life is and what lives are valuable or not. It's a touchy subject that eventually if this really were to go up to the Supreme Court. Imagine nine people would be deciding what human life is. Now, I don't personally think, and I won't, we'll talk about this later, mm -hmm. I don't personally think the Supreme Court is either A, going to hear this, I think it's going to be struck down and they might not even decide it, or B, they're going to decide on a really narrow issue and not focus on what viability really means and try to strike it down. I don't, but but and, we'll talk about it. And also, let's say they were to they were to to overturn Roe versus Wade. Roe versus Wade. That doesn't mean that abortion would be illegal everywhere. It would just mean on a state-by-state -state basis, states could decide whether abortion is legal in that state. Yeah, ju and yeah. just to let you know the current state of the law, you know, people talk about what is Roe v. Wade? So there's just two laws that you just need to remember, two big Supreme Court decisions. There is Roe v. Wade, which basically protects a woman's constitutional right to have safe abortions up until the point of a fetus's viability, which we've said – the, the courts have said when that fetus can survive outside of the womb, that's been determined to be usually uh, 24 weeks. This is not an absolute right. The court did recognize the state does have a right to regulate abortions to protect a mother and also to protect the life of a fetus, uh, the, the ability of a fetus to have a life uh, outside the womb. There's another case from 1992 called Planned Parenthood, uh, again, reiterated the fact that states cannot put restrictions on abortion that create something called an undue burden on women. And you would look at these two cases and you'd say, well, the Georgia law, the Alabama law clearly violate this. But as we talked about in the beginning, if they are redefining what viability means and redefining what life is, I'm curious how that would look at the Supreme Court, especially when you have the most conservative court that we've had in such in a decades, long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But at the same point, they you you 
I don't see a legal framework of this being overturned. Now, the Supreme Court can, unlike lower courts, they have to follow what the Supreme Court does. Supreme Court can say, oh, there's been a change in science. There's been a change in their understanding. They've overturned decisions before, I mean, that have been up. They've overturned their own Supreme Court decisions from years ago. Right. Um, there's a, obviously a chance that could happen. I don't think that's going to happen, if you ask me. I think this is all uh, white noise by these states and these governors and these legislators to try to, to make a point. Well, what a lot of states are doing right now to protect themselves is to amend their constitutions so that they, they have the constitutional right to, to choose the citizens. Yeah. Well, let, let's just go back to the idea of let's say this yeah. does get passed into law. One of the other things that could happen, mm-hmm. and, and I don't want anybody to panic, because currently, Georgia, you still can get abortions. Yeah. I mean, that's that hasn't changed anything yet. But in the worst case scenario for people, they're worried about self-induced abortions. People mm-hmm. looking online, calling clinics, trying to figure out how to do abortions themselves. One thing I noticed, there's this, there was a group from 1969 to 1973. It was an underground clinic that was helping women do abortions. They actually gave them this like muscle contractor and an antibiotic that would you know, do what it is. And I think they said they performed 11,000 first and second trimester abortions. Imagine having these underground, unlicensed clinics or women doing them themselves to try to have abortions. I mean, does that not sound like the most terrifying thing you've ever heard? It's terrifying. It's scary. And it it so erases the humanity of the women who are going to be going through these things. I know you've mentioned that technically you can still get abortions in Georgia the problem is that like in Georgia the clinics are so spread apart you know it's I believe it is a total of um there's only a few of them and most of them are in one small cluster so if you're in rural areas that idea of the undue burden is if you have to travel halfway across your state lose a day's pay go through all the ways because there's also certain states I'm not pretty sure which ones that say that you have to like do an ultrasound and and hear, and hear the baby's right. heartbeat and go through all of these different processes to get the procedure those are all things that are creating a burden it's just not considered undue and isn't there's a false conception that oh there's a do- there's abortion clinics every 5 miles there's not in each mm-hmm. state isn't there only like a limited amount yeah, I think it depends. I think it depends on the funding. You and yeah, everybody's so, yeah. assuming their neighboring state has it. Yeah, and most of the time it's just in the one, the few urban cities. Even in a rural state, like you know, they'll just be clustered there. If if you live in the middle, not the middle of nowhere, but if you live somewhere where you don't have access to that, mm-hmm. you are you are prolonging something that's already your own decision, and for some, a painful decision. And isn't there a problem with misinformation too? Like even though this law hasn't gone into effect yet, it doesn't go into effect till January twenty twenty that people, the Georgian citizens, think that it is. So that a lot of people are canceling their appointments at clinics. They think they can't get abortions anymore, even though that's that's not true yet, but it, it's caused kind of a panic. It creates a climate of fear because whether or not it it goes through or not, it creates this environment of knowing that people are out to get Roe v. Wade. Something that we've been think, talking about since the Supreme Court started changing. Right. And it's just this idea that, like, it could be taken away. Like, it, even if it doesn't, the possibility is there. I mean, we just saw Ireland, a Catholic nation, mm-hmm. legalize abortion in its country because they realized that trying to say that the life of the, the fetus is equal to the life of the mother does not work when you're considering medical issues and all these other considerations. And to see you know, the United States kind of like 
trickling backwards of trying to make it more difficult and find even if they don't overthrow Roe v. Overthrow Roe v. Wade, if it becomes more and more difficult for women to get an abortion, that is still a problem. Whether or not we get a, a law on the books that says you can. The counter argument would be: Isn't this a reaction to um, people on the other side? who were trying to do such late-term abortions that it literally looked like murder. And so the, the people were saying, well, they're going so extreme right now that this really is killing babies, that let's let's go to the, real, the first conception of what life is. And if there is even this grouping of cells, if there's even a chance that this could be turned into a human life, if it's already giving some minute signal um, because the opposite side of people who are pregnant, mm -hmm. they think they're like, that's human life. Mm -hmm. uh, they kiss the, 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 the mm -hmm. spouse comes home, they kiss the belly. You know, that's, that's the counter argument to that. Well, I would say, well, one, the term late term abortion has been sort of hijacked by people who already don't believe that abortion sh should be legal. Because if you look at all the medical research, all the statistics, even though in my mind, it doesn't truly matter because I believe in choice, the majority of late term later and abortions happen for medical reasons either the baby will die when they be when they um when they are born either there's a medical reason why the mother will not be able to carry the pregnancy to term it is 99 percent of the time medically related because the reality is is that no woman would be like eight months in and be like you know what i'm really over this whole thing now like it's this idea that women do not know themselves and have a flim-flam mentality about the sanctity of life. You know, I, not to go on a tirade, but like I, you know, I personally would never want to have an abortion. That's why I'm very, I have an IUD, five years, I'm good. But I also don't believe that that should be an indicator of what anyone else's choices are. I did not have a single, I had a two-parent household, but my mother was very young when she had me. Um, she chose life and she would go into stores and sell jewelry to help take care of us. And people would look at her with sneers mm -hmm. because she looked like, you know, an unmarried mm -hmm. black mother walking around. It's just like there are all these layers to it where it's like they talk about the sanctity of life. And when these children are born, they are not treated with the dignity that their lives supposedly had meaning for. If you say that you are pro-life, but you don't understand the importance of having universal pre-K or being able to have systems that allow women to take off work to provide for these children, if you don't believe in sort of like helping single mothers get jobs, be able to pay for themselves, what is the point is what I would always ask. It's like, if you, so you just want the baby to be born and then what, are you going to take care of it? <laughs> right. You, you, I, and I think sometimes that, you know, one side of the arguing, argument conflates pro-choice with being, like, pro-abortion. Just, like, being pro-choice just means that you want to let people decide for themselves. It doesn't mean that that person is pro-having an abortion. Exactly. Yeah. And, and the reality is, is that I find it funny when people talk about that the sanctity of life in the same states where y'all have the death penalty. Because clearly we can put a price on life. We can put an idea of when your life no longer has meaning. You know, we do that every single day. And I think I think what I find so upsetting about the conversations about anti that anti-choice people make is that they assume that the people who are pro-choice do not care about life. We just don't believe that life just happens when you're a cluster of cells. If that was the case, every dust on your shirt would be a viable life.
Well, what they seem to be saying is they are criminalizing um, choices that people make. You know, that, that what they're saying is they'll criminalize, they'll sentence people to death because they've made life choices that have, where those people killed people and they broke the law. They're, they're criminalizing people who have premarital sex and particularly un, uh, um, unprotected sex. Mm-hmm. What they're saying, I guess, with the unborn fetuses is they never had a choice. You know, they never had a say about w- what happens to their life. So that's their, that's their argument mm-hmm. and why they th- are just, why they think they're justified in doing that is that they, I remember one of the legislators, one of the people was proposing a bill or pushing a bill said, we're speaking for that voice, that voice that doesn't have anybody to fight for them. And so it's, it, that's what makes it such a complicated and emotional and, and tough issues because you have people, you have one side who's saying, this is my body. This is my life. This is my choice. Why should I have a government, particularly a, a male governor, mm-hmm. telling me what to do? And the yeah. other side is it's pro-life. Yeah. So it's it's such a complicated issue. It is. And I know plenty of, like, you know, I watch The View. So Megan McCain talks about all the time that she's pro-life and how important it is to her. And I'm like, that's great. But why does that have to mean that you force that idea onto other women? That's, I think, at the core of it, whether you are pro-choice or pro-life, that is the kind of the tenet of it is like they're saying that they're speaking for all of these unborn, you know, potential lives. Right. When you kill someone through the death chamber or through legal, you are also cutting off potential life. You know, we're supposed the system is supposed to be about rehabilitation, not to mention all the people who have been killed on death row who would have been overturned anyway. You know, there <laughs> I find that that idea that like they did something, therefore, you know, their lives are forfeit as if we live in a perfect legal system where we get it right. Every, no offense to lawyers out there. But, you know, <laughs> I just think that like that I find to be an excuse. But fundamentally, I think the issue is you're speaking for the unborn. But what about the kids that are here that you also ignore? I mean, as, as a black woman, it's like when you look at the foster system, the majority of the kids in there are black children who are going to go, and not that they should have been aborted, I know people will take it that way, that's not what I mean. What I mean is that when these children are born, there are not systems in place to take care of them. The government, want, if the government wants to outlaw abortion, then they should be making sure that there is sex education that teaches right. you about everything. They should be offering you, as soon as you're sexually active and you want to have birth control, get it for free. You know, the IUD, 10 years, if you're 16, you don't get pregnant until you're 26, done if you do get pregnant it should be that the like whoever or the potential partners free paternity test so that you can claim uh child support from these people those are things that you could do to to, like dissuade women from getting abortions can you imagine if they create a situation like okay we're going to meet in the middle everybody who everybody has to have protected sex and we have to prove that you have protected sex and if there was an accident that would be an uproar can you imagine that well no but here's the thing you have to put the condom every single time because if they want to criminalize like unprotected sex and this is your fault but what about for people who take every precaution and there's an accident i bet that wouldn't go through because then men would start going crazy and be like that's no but my mistress (laughs) well here's the thing do you think these the people who are trying to push forward this legislation have they thought about you know that there would be more adoption potentially more adoptions more foster families, increased state costs. Now, if there's more people in that state, disrupted families, huge social impact. They've already been hit with boycotts. Georgia's been hit with boycotts Mm -hmm. in the entertainment industry. You talked about before, if these unborn fetuses are considered for tax penalties, the state is losing a ton of revenue. I mean, isn't this financially going to hurt these states? They're restricting restricting abortion? Yes. 
Yeah, it will. I don't think that's their top concern, though. Yeah, the Georgia did. governor has indicated that he doesn't care. Oh, and they're going to waste a ton right. of money, not waste, but they're going to spend a ton of money on litigation costs right. fighting this. Yeah, they think they have the moral, you know, the moral high ground. Therefore, they can't be told that they're wrong. I mean, one thing that's interesting to me, though, and you make a really good point, Princess, like... Thank states, you, I try. <laughs> no, well, states that, that have the death penalty, a lot of those states are, are, have uh, stricter restrictions on on abortion. Like, what do you think the correlation is there? I, I mean, that, that's Criminal, the way it seems Criminalization to is, the, is the connective tissue in that. I mean, when I think about what, what, what we're trying to talk about with the sanctity of life, it, to me, it is about a fully lived life. You know, it's about the like a potential human being is just that it's potential. It mean it fundamentally means nothing. We all have potential. Doesn't mean that we do things. And I think that for me, as I've gotten older, I've I've gotten more pro-choice because when you look at even like this legislation, for example, if they fundamentally believe that life begins at conception, that it all matters, why do they have rape exemptions and incest exemptions? It's because they know that if they push too hard on that, it becomes oh, but we don't want to like. It seems mean, but mm. fun, they, that, why is it an exception to those cases if you believe that's life? Well, they're punishing. Well, t- there's two things that I would say that. And yes, there, just to clear up, there are exceptions in the Georgia law for rape and incest uh, up to 20 weeks. There's no exception in the Alabama law, which completely bans abortion, which is bizarre. The only by exception the way. in the Alabama law is uh, is if it risks the mother's health. Yeah, right. Yeah. Georgia has that, too. Yeah. But here's the thing. So they would say, I mean, as crazy as it is. Um, Babies that are the product of incest, they were saying, are what have a lot of problems. That's, I mean, what's the saying? They have a lot of. Have they the, seen Game of Thrones? I mean, well, that, that's what they're saying. <laughs> that, that there's sometimes me, uh, medical issues that happen that are babies uh, born of incest, or maybe their society doesn't want babies of incest. That's what they're saying. And two, the the uh, the rape is they're saying that um, you know it's not the woman's fault. It was it. That's what I guess why they think that, right? But is it the woman's fault if the condom breaks? Not at all. So not at you all. Know, that's it, what. It, that's my <laughs> idea before about if they want to go so hardcore, that's where they might go. It's and and even with the idea of, of incest, not to defend incest, but like, you know, just because like incest does not mean automatically you're gonna have the hills have eyes children. <laughs> I mean, it, and if we're talking about like medical issues, like you know, there when you talked about like women who get abortions later in term, it's because of medical issues. So you agree that there are medical reasons why a woman should have an abortion just on your terms, not yeah. necessarily taking into consideration that like it should be a choice. You, you know, it's the, the thing that's just so, this is the part that really is, I, I don't even know how to explain this. Grinds your gears. Is that if a woman is raped, that is one of the most, and I, I'm only imagine one of the most traumatic can be humiliating private moments of that woman's life. And now under the Georgia law, she has to prove that she was raped in order to get an abortion. So she has to file a police report. She has to provide that police report to a doctor who must review it in order to provide that abortion because he can't provide the abortion without the police report. Now you're forcing women to report on something that they 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 have no obligation ever to report. It's their decision again. That's the part that really is so troublesome. Yeah, it's like when anyone gets assaulted, there is always this pain and this fear of coming forward, no matter 
who you are, but especially with women who have the risk of pregnancy, it's, it's a violation that you have to bring forward. And we know for the most part, that we do not have the best track record in this country about, you know, criminalizing rape. We do not have the best track record about dealing with rape kits on time. And it, it is just another, like, way of punishing the woman for just being pregnant and, and or, for, or for even, like, being able to get pregnant. And I think it's, like you said, it's just so disturbing because, like, it's like, okay, now you have permission to have an abortion because you went through this traumatic experience. Like, here's your exception. You know, it's it's so, it, it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's so supposed to seem like kindness, but it's just a manipulation. And isn't it right, if you have a miscarriage, you can be investigated? Yeah, so now, so now anybody that has a miscarriage, even if it wasn't an abortion, you're involved in a legal process, Mo even if you're not because they want to make sure that it wasn't uh, you didn't an illegal abortion, an illegal abortion. And most pregnancies that people don't even know about end in a miscarriage. Those are they are very very common. Which if they right. had women, <laughs> they would know that. Like you know, we women just don't talk about miscarriages, but it's a very common thing to happen, even with women who you know are healthy. Yeah. It, I've had friends in their early twenties have miscarriages. Like it is not something that just happens. I when think you're most older. people like know someone like who right. has had one before. Yeah. So this this law also affects people who are not having abortions too. Now it's now again entering into a woman's private life right. uh, again. Mm -hmm. And that and it's just now an investigation. I, w I wanna just like conclude this really with the big issue here. Yeah. Will the Supreme Court take up this issue? So we're assuming that and, and I've I talked about at the beginning how a lot of these laws were struck down. <clears throat> They're waiting to see if the Supreme Court will ultimately take up this issue. Number one, Andrew, you think that they will take it up if this goes up to their doorstep? If I the think Georgia it, law yeah. is struck down by lower courts. You think the Supreme Court will take it? I don't know if they'll take the specific Georgia law, but I think they'll take some sort of law from one of these states on, and I think they'll address it in a very narrow fashion. So you don't yeah. think they're going to decide the issue about what is human life and when does it start? Uh, not necessarily in the first case, maybe eventually, but I think there's going to be cases before that. It, it the, isn't the issue, though, due process of the 14th versus due process of the 14th. So you're saying a woman has a due as a right of privacy implicit in the due process cause of the 14th Amendment. Right. And you're saying this unborn fetus has all of the due process rights of the 14th Amendment. How do you how do you counterbalance those two if you're the Supreme Court? You probably don't. I've always noticed they've been lazy. And what I say about this, I, I say this in the grain of salt. They have never wanted to tackle controversial issues unless they have to. We've yeah. seen it before in cases. They'll go as narrow as possible. Wait, the K case. The first case the we ever case. covered on this. They'll go as narrow as possible. Yeah. They don't want to have to decide this. Do they really want to be the court that's going to overturn Roe v. Wade? Well, I think Or that, decide that issue? No, they're going to decide it really narrow. I think when, the, when President Trump appointed these new justices— he probably I mean, conservatives had in mind what their goals were with these new, you know, with who they, who they were appointing. Now it's up to them what they do. Like they have they have life tenure. So, do you think that if they are uh, pro life, they would let that in, in affect or influence their decision? I would like to think no. Um, that they're professionals and 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 know that they have to you know abide by certain legal precedents and and standards and and want their uh, legacy to be respected. Um, but this is a very personal issue for people. There, there's a lot of emotions on both sides. Um, and the, you, there has been a decision on this before that changed the law, so that's not to say that it can't happen again. Princess, what do you think? Yeah. It's the darkest timeline. Anything can happen. I mean, I just, 
I would like to believe that they will respect precedent because that's what they always say in their confirmation hearings. But they have the job now, so they can do whatever they want. Right. YOLO. I mean, <laughs> they, they they don't. Who's going to tell them they can't? Right. You know, if they have the majority. If that is a goal, they've had that something that they've have wanted, which I not going to, you know, say that that's that's what they come into it for. But they know that they can do it. So I wouldn't put it past them to at least start narrow. But keep like, but it, if you narrow it down, it doesn't say you can't do it. It just it just gives more possibilities for people to keep working within those narrow margins to make them smaller and smaller. Well, Alabama and Georgia didn't make it pretty narrow. They made it. They pretty <laughs> much <laughs> banned like, abortion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I'm saying is, is like, mm -hmm. you know, usually you you don't see something this blatant where it's like basically an, abor uh, uh, an, an abortion, an all out yeah. all out ban on abortion. They would try to be so restrictive on how women would get abortion that it's like. A de facto ban, yeah. but, but those, this is a ban, so they're they're but, asking to be turned down. But those down. one go straight to the Supreme Court. They're going to go to a, a higher federal court first, and then right. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm bothered by the fact they know this is illegal. They know this is unconstitutional, illegal. They're just waiting to go up to the Supreme Court. That could take years. Yeah, but, I mean that happens on both sides of the uh, like of the of arguments though, like the gay marriage case. Right. They knew that it was illegal at the time too. Mm -hmm. but right. They knew that, that that was their chance to overturn the law. So, right. Yeah. I think the Attorney General of maybe Georgia, I'm, I'm not sure, was asked like, can you give a legal opinion on this? He's like, look, it's my duty to uphold the laws that are enacted in this state, but I can't give a legal opinion at this time. I bet he's like looking at Westlaw trying to figure out <laughs> what am I gonna read, what what law supports this? Yeah, but you know, but you know the heartbeat, like if they, if they bring in the scientific analysis there that it's sure. not technically a heartbeat, They'll bring in scientists from other other sides of the argument, too. They're going to say the opposite. So, the, yeah. But then at the end of the day, are nine justices going to determine what life is? It's, it's, is that ever going to happen? I think they're going to want to deflect that. <laughs> yeah, because imagine, <laughs> um, imagine, oh my gosh, imagine if they did decide one way or another, they're asking for mobs outside the Supreme Court. Imagine whatever they decide about that, I think either side could be, be like blowtorches. But I mean, I think if you were the Supreme Court that can make changes like to do gay marriage, you mm -hmm. risk those mobs. I mean, those times were very different. If you were the thing that gave personhood to African-Americans, you got mobs. Like, that is the risk. There is a glory that will come from being the conservative court that over to Roe v. Wade for a sizable part of the population. Like, I wonder if it, if it depends more on, like, the direction the country's going in. Like, because I feel like when gay marriage, the, that decision came out in the Supreme Court— and this is not this is not scientific evidence, but like most Americans were leaning that way that gay marriage should be legalized across mm -hmm, the United mm -hmm. States. I don't know if that's the same with abortion. Like maybe maybe most Americans feel like it 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 should be more restricted. I'm not sure. I, I think the pro. I think really it is both sides of the issue. Yeah. You could see both sides, and I think that it's never going to be resolved. This is not something where you meet in the middle, mm -hmm. and I think there's people who are going to feel strongly about one side, people who are going to feel strongly at another side. It's going to be a constant fight, and I think if I had to guess, it's going to remain the status quo at least for now. Yeah. Would you agree? I mean, I hope you're right, honestly. I'm going to say <laughs> yeah. I'm team you if that's well, the case. Like, I, I just – I – I truly do not know. I think that we said a lot of things were never going to happen, and then we end up in certain places, and here they are. So I, I think that it is just a reminder of why it's important to stay vigilant and vote and <laughs> to make sure that, like, you are being aware of what could happen in your state. Yeah, And I always thought, too, like, with the 2016 election, that the biggest issues weren't 
the like what legislation was going to come through or like what wars we were going to be in. It was who's going to be on the Supreme Court because that's life. That's not like eight years, four years. Right. That was me. It was I was longer. Yeah. I was like, we try to keep like we don't want to put our Ruth Bader Ginsburg on life support forever. Like she got to she should be able to live her life because no one could have guessed that Scalia was going to die. Like no one would have guessed that like. Um, you know, Kennedy was going to be like, you know, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, and now we have two very young men uh, who will be on there for a lifetime. I mean, we got Clarence Thomas. He's kicking. I mean, <laughs> and, and it, what I've always noticed with any kind of judge, it's always tough to know what they're going to do. It's hard to base it based upon any prior ruling, what they've said. Every case is specific. And I ho- I'm an idealist, so I always hope that they look straight at the law. Mm-hmm. And if you look straight at the law, I don't see how either the Alabama law, the Georgia law, or any of those other laws that have been trying to be going through, how it could stand constitutional scrutiny. I just don't think how it could pass. I don't see how it could be upheld. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't think it's going to be upheld. It's just a matter of whether it gets to the Supreme Court. That's the question. But I always say, like I said before, I always think that everybody always thinks the worst, and sometimes it doesn't happen. Uh, I mean, or everybody thinks something's going to happen and doesn't. You saw what happened with Robert Kraft? I thought we were going to be seeing that sex tape all across CNN, Fox News. You're going to see this grainy footage. That tape got thrown out. It looks like his case is going to be thrown out. So you never know what's going to happen. Well, thanks for coming on. No, thanks for having me. This was fun. As fun as it could be. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have you back on soon. Uh, More abortion, more problems. Let's go. What's the next topic you want to talk about? What are you talking about on the Mary Sue right now? Oh, God. I mean, I think honestly- Avengers Endgame. I mean, actually what's going on with China is very interesting to me in terms of intellectual property because that's basically what we do. Mm -hmm. And I would love, and I think that's the one part of like Trump thing where I'm like, he may have a point but you know, I, I I like to not give him credit when I can. Well, look, they've been they've been stealing from us for years. Yeah. So <laughs> did they come up everything. with a, like a Range Rover that looks identical to what we have? They stole our designs. Yeah. Yeah. So. So I think that Maybe. kind of stuff is really fascinating. Yeah, we talked about Game of Thrones the other week. Oh, well, that you should have had me on for. I'm an expert. I have read all the books, all the wikis. I'm. I'm pretty thrown. We out. went through all the crimes were com- that were committed in episode three of Game of Thrones. The, oh, the White Walker battle. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Near genocide with the Dothraki, honestly. That's did a word. We, we did we say that? Yeah, well, <laughs> we it was like we talked about murder. The one that I was most proud of was the idea of the dragons flying a dragon at night without lights or like. Oh, no yeah. Flies yeah. I like animal cruelty. The uh, the, the dire ghosts. They had ghosts. Oh, the, the right. Front line, the front lines of the battle. That, yeah. is, that is animal. Did you watch the most recent episode? Yes. So that's war crimes for sure. Like, oh, she yeah. Going to, if, she should go to jail. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. <laughs> Sorry, girl. Never. Amba, our you producer, <laughs> is one season behind. Let's just end this conversation right now. <laughs> so luckily, we didn't talk about Avengers Endgame because, Amba, you haven't seen that either, right? Nope. Oh, God. I don't know what she's doing with her life. Oh, clearly working on our show. So, <laughs> All right. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks a lot, dudes. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye.